Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Yoruba traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of war, graphic violence, and trauma. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drum speak of war. When Ogun came down to earth from the Sky Kingdom, he cleared the path for my divine children, the Orishas, to reach humanity. But that was not all. Ogun retreated to a forge deep below the earth. In the darkness he toiled, molding iron into tools for the humans of Ife. By his hand, with his gifts, these people grew, learned, and prospered. But that was not all. Ogun also toiled within himself, because the power that allowed him to shape these tools was not within his control. But even that was not all. Passion pushed him to create. Ogun knew this passion would one day turn on him. It twisted in his belly, waiting, waiting to win the war it was waging with his soul. Let us speak of war. When Shango's warriors, the Oyo, stood on the hill above Ife, Ogun saw what he'd gone to the forge to avoid. Violence, anger, destruction. But as all battles do, the strife between the Ife and Oyo came to an end. Ife was victorious, and their casualties were few. But Ogun didn't celebrate. He mourned, because he knew that the blood had only just begun to flow. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Last week, we began the story of the Yoruba deity, Ogun. When he descended to Earth for the first time, Ogun discovered a talent for working the Earth's metals. Despite his trepidation, Ogun created an iron blade, which he used to cut through a forest that separated the Orishas from humanity. And when war came to the humans, Ogun realized his iron would bring nothing but destruction. Today, we'll conclude Ogun's tale by watching the power within him grow increasingly unwieldy, until it becomes an enemy far greater than any other.
Coming up, we'll see the aftermath of humanity's first battle. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. The ground shook as the Oyo army fled. Before long, the last of their surviving warriors had disappeared over the horizon. The people of Ife burst into a celebratory cheer. But the Orisha of Iron, Ogun, felt no sense of victory. The joy of the Ife only sent a shiver down his spine. He looked around at the blood-soaked earth around them. So many people had died today. Ogun shifted, his feet prickled from the energy of the earth. As he eyed the remnants of battle, his fingers twitched. An intense yearning rushed through him, followed by a troubling ache in his gut. He took a deep, steadying breath. The beautiful Orisha Oshun grabbed his hand. Her eyes shone like the surface of the rivers she presided over. Congratulations, Ogun. You cleared the path. You built homes. You gave them food. And now, you helped them win a battle. Oh, there is nothing you cannot do. Did you not hear Shango? War is not decided by one battle. There will be more fighting. More will die because of me. Calm down. Growth does not come from lying in the shade of a baobab tree. Humans require strife. That's how they learn. What's wrong? My stomach. The knots have returned. Your hands are trembling. I think seeing war has stirred the serpent in my belly, and it's stronger than before. I feel like my body is not my own. Here, relax. I cannot relax. That makes it worse. This all began when I had the first iron blade, when I offended Shango. I should take the weapons away from the humans, throw them back into the forge and be done with the iron for good. And when Shango returns, how will Ife defend itself? If you crave peace, teach them to use their weapons properly, and more importantly, when to use them. Train them? That is no path to peace. Ah, uh, my stomach. War is inevitable. Conflict is a natural part of life. Even in the river, currents war with one another. Otters defend their territory. War is more serious than your silly river. You can't avoid it, no matter how much you want to. You've already given humans weapons. There is no undoing it. But you can teach them to respect war. That's how you create true peace. Do you not see that? Ogun did not reply. The Ife's celebrations echoed through the night. They assembled a bonfire and danced around it with seemingly unending energy. Ogun watched from a distance, lost in thought. 
Oshun joined him, gently running a finger down Ogun's arm. With her touch and the fire's warmth, Ogun finally felt himself relax. But as he did, his stomach tightened violently. His heartbeat thundered in his ears. He gritted his teeth, tensing against the sudden onslaught. I, I, I need to be alone. I need to talk to Olarun. Don't run away again, Ogun, please. I'm not running. I, I just can't think. The noise, my stomach. If you cannot do what needs to be done, then I will. Ogun couldn't answer. He was too focused on his rising discomfort. He hurried into the forest and didn't stop until the sounds of celebration faded to silence. He was alone. Almost. He still felt the pressing pain inside him. Olorun, please speak to me. I've had this feeling before. I felt it in the forge and when I helped build Ifei. You called it my passion, but it feels stronger. I don't think it will be satiated so easily this time. I think it is done with creation. What it wants now is destruction. Olorun? A little bird twittered on a branch above him. Ogun softened. I remember you, little one. Have you come to remind me that I can be gentle? He reached out to let the bird mount his finger. Its small feet clutched at Ogun's skin. He sighed at this creature's serenity. But all of a sudden, the bird took off. Ogun's arm instinctively lashed out. His fist balled around the bird before he knew he'd moved. No! Ogun opened his palm. In his palm lay a clump of blood, bone, and feathers. Ogun was horrified. His instincts had betrayed him again. With this realization, Ogun felt a sting of grief. He could not go back to Ifei. The humans were delicate. If Ogun could not control himself, he couldn't be around them. So Ogun stayed in the forest. He hunted when hungry, made futile calls to Olorun when lonely. His heart yearned for Oshun and Ifei, but he fought against this yearning as fiercely as he fought the destructive ache in his belly. He hoped that in the absence of things to destroy, he would no longer feel the urge. But after a month passed, he was plagued by a new worry. Please, come back to us. B.C., how did you even find me here? B.C., an elderly, blind human, knelt before Ogun. Her hair was matted, her skin streaked with dirt, and her clothes were torn. It had not been an easy journey. I know my way around the forest, sight or no sight. But please, great King Ogun, you cleared the path, gave us iron. I know, I know, but you don't want me around you, BC. I'm dangerous. A good king gives us plenty to fear and even more to respect. Don't you miss us? I, of course I do. I miss the laughter of the children, sharing meals over a fire, 
the homes I built. Most of all, I miss Oshun and her tender belief in all things good. Then come back before Shango returns to continue his war. Do not speak of war here. You do not know the harm it can do. Leave me alone. BC reluctantly departed, leaving Ogun with his worries. But BC was not the last human to find Ogun. Over the next few weeks, various leaders from Ife visited, begging Ogun to return. Each time, Ogun refused, and each visit made the violent feeling within him harder to push down. For a while, hunting was the only way he could placate the urges. One night, Ogun sat in the forest, skinning a gazelle with his blade. All Ogun? Ogun. I've missed you. I have much to ask you. Just one question for now. One? How can I make the humans stay away? It's for their own good. Why don't you... <laughs> go back to gardening? What? The trickster Orisha Eshu emerged from the shadows, shoulders shaking with laughter. Ogun's fists tightened with rage. The pain in his stomach roared. Eshu! How dare you impersonate Olorun! I was just having a bit of fun, Ogun. Forgive me. Go away! Ogun held his head in his hands, breathing in and out. He concentrated on control, willing his fury away. When he finally looked up, he was annoyed to see Eshu was still there. Feeling better? What do you want? I was thinking about what you said while I was Olorun, and I had a thought. The people of Ife might stay away from you if they thought you were the one to fear. Not a protector, but a threat. Is this another one of your tricks, Eshu? Not a trick, brother. Think about it. The embers of a fire sparkle beautifully, but why do we avoid sticking our hands in to touch them? Because it would burn? Exactly. You, my friend, sparkle, but you need the humans to know you also burn. They'd think twice before venturing out into the woods to beg for your return. Ogun considered this. Eshu wasn't to be trusted, but he couldn't deny the logic in his words. If he could scare the Ife into avoiding him, they'd be safe. He could retreat to the woods forever, where he couldn't hurt anyone. Ogun took the gazelle and split it with his blade. He pried open the carcass and poured its entrails all over his robes, staining them with blood. Once he was soaked, Ogun stood tall, full of power and fortitude. His heart hammered in his chest. He took a breath, telling himself to stay focused. He needed to teach the people of Ife a lesson, but he could not lose control. Eshu watched Ogun run down the mountain. This should be good. 
Ogun's powerful legs beat at the ground. He raised his sword, blood-stained robes billowed behind him as he stormed through the village's center. He stalked amongst the homes he'd built, yelling at the top of his lungs. Come out, humans! See my fury cower in my wake! The people of Ifei rushed from their homes. Screams filled the air as they beheld blood-splattered Ogun in all his terrifying glory. And then they ran. Ogun's heart ached at the fear in their eyes, but he was also relieved. Now they understand. I will not save them. I will destroy them. Coming up, Ogun's pent-up passion becomes impossible to contain. Robbing trains, rustling cattle. Pop culture usually depicts the Old West as an uncharted land with no rules. But how much of that is true? Now you can find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales in the Spotify original from ParCast, Wild Wild West. Every Thursday on Spotify, saddle up to the saloon to hear about the American frontier's most ruthless outlaws and heroic gunslingers. Wild Wild West features a compilation of episodes from shows across ParCast Network and focuses on the legends that help shape American culture. From sharpshooters and explorers to family feuds and lost treasure, the West has a history more complex than you know. Don't be a yellow belly. Follow Wild Wild West free and only on Spotify. Now back to the story. Come out, humans! See my fury cower in my wake! Tall and drenched in blood, Ogun watched the humans flee before him but he suddenly realized there was something wrong with how they moved. They weren't running away from him, they were running around him. The people of Ifei circled Ogun and dropped to their knees. When they looked at him, there wasn't just fear in their eyes, there was respect. Why don't you run from me? Why would we run from our king? BC stepped forward, her unseeing eyes were stretched wide, and her mouth hung open in awe. I have told you many times I am no king. I may not be able to see you, but I can feel your power. I can hear the fury in your voice. The air is thick with it, and the others must see what I can only sense. Well, I'm covered in blood, so I'm terrifying. Fearsome, yes, and fierce. Like a sow in heat. Eshu! Eshu jumped out from behind a tree, laughing hysterically. Ogun suddenly felt foolish in his blood-covered robes. He hurriedly wiped the blood off his face. What do you find so amusing? You, of course. You wanted to show them your threats so they would turn away from violence. I tricked you into making them love you even more. This, my friend, was an entire evening of entertainment. Go bother Oshun. She's more patient than me. Uh, right. I forgot to mention that. What? 
She's actually been, uh, I suppose, kidnapped is the right word. Just yesterday, Shango came and scooped her up. And you did not tell me this before? Instead, you played games? You know what? I'm sure she's fine. Forget I said anything. This is all my fault. None of this would have happened if I just insisted Shango be king. War would never have come to Ifei. The dark thing within me would never have awoken. I never would have left her. Ogun tensed again, gritting his teeth. There was no time to dwell. His heart ached for Oshun. She could not suffer for his failings. He took off toward Shango's fortress, Oyo. The way was treacherous, but Ogun barely noticed. He ran quickly, leaping over streams, weaving through trees, until the looming walls of Oyo appeared on the horizon. Rows of soldiers in red and white stood at its entryway. (laughs) Ogun stopped abruptly at the sound. On the riverbank by the fortress sat Oshun, and Shango was by her side. Ogun ducked behind a tree. He peered out, watching as Oshun stroked Shango's arm and smiled at him. She most assuredly did not look kidnapped. You took great risk coming here. Did I? Did you not consider that you took a risk meeting with me? Even big, strong warriors have their soft spots. Where is yours, I wonder? Here? Or perhaps here? Indeed, yes. You play with me, Oshun. Don't think I forgot how quick you were to name Ogun King of Ifei. He cleared the path to the humans, a feat that not even you could accomplish. If you've come here to insult me, you've made a grave mistake. I wish only to suggest something to you. You see, Ogun doesn't know how to use his strength. Rather than warring with him, why not teach him? He would have much to learn from me. He would. We can join two kingdoms together with the help of this. Oshun gently unwrapped a large cloth bundle on the ground beside her. Ogun leaned out further, trying to see. It was a stack of iron weaponry. Ogun's mouth fell open. Oh, Ogun's iron? You give it willingly? Of course. The humans need guidance, and Ogun resists it. This is a peace offering. Let us learn from one another. Ife needs you. And you? What do you need, Oshun? Perhaps you need someone more substantial than Ogun by your side. You already have a wife, Shango. (laughs) There's always room for more. Especially for the most beautiful Orisha of them all. I am the god of war. My virility is endless. We shall see what the future holds, Shango. As you wish. Shango gathered up the iron and strode into his fortress with a spring in his step. Oshun lingered, delicately dipping her toe in the water. She looked thoughtful as she stirred the river. Its current grew, churning until it became a whirlpool. Ogun slowly moved out from his hiding spot. 
His hands shook, and his fury threatened to overwhelm him. He knew he loved her, but that knowledge paled next to the burning feeling within him. Oshun! Ogun, what are you doing here? Eshu told me you'd been kidnapped. Eshu knows I went willingly. He was just making trouble. Why? All Eshu does is make trouble. No, I mean, why have you come to Shango? You abandoned us for weeks. I told you if you wouldn't do what needed to be done, then I would. So, I've come to Shango. He can teach Ife the ways of war without needless violence between our cities. He has revenge in his heart. He will come for Ife, armed with the iron you gave him. You're shaking again. What is happening with you? There is a serpent in my belly that Olorun called Passion. It is growing harder to control, waiting for me to let my guard down so it can cause ruin. I would like to meet this Passion Serpent. At least it doesn't run from its own strength. Please, Oshun, you don't know what this is like. And you have no idea what it's like trying to hold a kingdom together while you run back and forth from your cave. What have you done, Oshun? I can hear Shango's war drums. He's not trying to make peace. He's going to attack Ifei. We must hurry. Ogun reached out quickly to grab Oshun, but his gesture was too sudden, his arm too strong. Oshun took a startled step back and lost her balance. Before Ogun could grab her hand, she careened over the side of the bank. Oshun plunged under the surface, disappearing into the whirlpool she'd created. No! Ogun watched in horror as Oshun vanished into the turbulent current, and without thinking, he dove in after her. Ogun opened his eyes, trying to discern where Oshun had gone, but there wasn't a visible bottom to the river. The whirlpool extended deep, down into a black abyss. The water whipped around Ogun, his entire being throbbed with panic. His arms flailed and his legs kicked against the current. Finally, he shot back up to the surface. (gasps) Ogun hauled himself onto the bank, hoping that Oshun had made it ashore as well, but there was no sign of her. Oshun, I'm sorry. Please come back. I did not mean any of it. What have you done? Ogun looked up to see Shango looming over him. A wall of Oyo soldiers waited at his back. Ogun struggled to his feet, his face twisted with grief. Shango, help me get her out. You still can't control yourself, can you? No one is safe from you. Not humanity, not even your Oshun. You... you are right. Well, glad to see we finally agree. Once I kill you, I will go collect your precious Ifei. I'll be as gentle as they were with my army last time we met. No, please. Do what you will to me, but leave Ifei be. Oyo, attack! 
The people of Oyo charged. Their swords arced gracefully. Their knives and arrows glinted. They had iron, and it was beautiful. Heat spread through Ogun. His fingers twitched. His chest hummed with an aching need. Ogun thought about Shango's threat. He thought about the Ife that needed his protection. But most of all, he thought of Oshun, lost in the river. Her last words rang in his ears. She wouldn't want him to run from what he feared. So this time, Ogun didn't push the rise of destructive passion away completely. He relaxed just a little bit, and it was more than enough. Ogun tore into the army. It did not matter that they were armed. He was Ogun, and his passion was war. Coming up, Ogun and the Passion Serpent become one. Now, back to the story. Ever since he descended from heaven, Ogun had worried desperately about his urgent need to destroy. But now that he was in the midst of it, nothing had ever felt more natural. His movements even felt elegant. His sword slashed, his fists flew, men cried in pain, bodies slammed into trees, blood splattered. Ogun's heart beat in tandem with the swipes of his sword. But unlike his dreamy creative fervor in the forge, Ogun didn't give himself over completely to fighting. He was focused, intentional. He let his passion guide him, but would not let it consume him. Even though Ogun held back, his opponents were nervous, Shango in particular. Olorun's mercy! Oyo, fall into line! Raise your weapons! I thought the iron is useless against his skill. Unless... Shango's eyes lit up with an idea. Ogun was doing terrible damage to the Oyo army, but he could not fight here and protect Ifei at the same time. Olorun? Olorun's whisper lasted but an instant, but it was enough to break Ogun's focus. He took in the carnage around him. Countless Oyo bodies lay strewn by the fortress. Others advanced, crouched defensively. Ogun tensed, ready to fight. But then he saw something at the edge of his vision. In the distance, a group of Oyo soldiers were heading towards the horizon, not retreating, but charging. Ogun's heart leapt into his throat as he realized the direction they were headed. Ifei. He ran. Ogun reached the hill above Ifei fast but not fast enough. A chaotic battle unfurled below him. Though the Ifei had iron weapons, the Oyo had been trained by Shango. Their blades struck mercilessly against Ogun's people. Iron clashed against iron. Screams echoed across the sand. Ogun watched the warriors, the sweat on their brows, the intensity in their focus. He did not have time to do anything but raise his sword. He closed his eyes, 
once again allowing the thrum of the passion serpent to rise up within him, he took a breath. Just enough passion to win this fight. I will not lose control. I will not lose control. Then he charged. On the hill above Ifei, Shango appeared with the rest of his army. Eshu materialized at his side. Do your drums have to beat so loudly? My ears are throbbing. Silence, I'm thinking. I've never really thought of you as a thinker. What do you want, Eshu? Well, I am a thinker, and I had a particularly enticing thought I figured you'd like. A beautiful thought, one for the ages. A thought that will traverse all... Out with it! Ogun has spent a lot of time trying to suppress the warrior within him. It seemed like he's found a way to let it out without losing control completely. <laughs> but that's no fun, is it? What did you have in mind? Remember when Obatala created humanity? And they came out all... Well, not as planned? You can thank Palmwine for that. And guess who's got another flask right here? Ogun knows what you did to Obatala. He won't accept wine readily from you. Shango, Shango, you give me no credit. I've been working on my impressions. You should hear my Olarun. The second wave of Oyo soldiers joined the battle. Ogun held the line with his people, his massive body moving nimbly from blow to blow. And yet his fighting was defensive. He did not want to kill, but disarm and disperse. This was war. It was not pretty, but it could be treated with respect, as long as he could maintain his control. Oh, great Ogun! I brought you a refreshment. Eshu approached Ogun in the form of BC, with a shawl over his head and a jug of palm wine held out plaintively. Be gone, BC! It is dangerous here! We need you to keep your... <coughs> <coughs> keep your strength. Drink, my king. You sound odd, BC. What's wrong? Just... <coughs> Ugh, nerves. All this fighting I had to get through just to reach you. Here, don't let my efforts be in vain. Have some. What is it? It's uh, citrus juice. See, I'll have some myself. Mm -mm. Thank you, BC. Hmm, refreshing. Ogun drained the jug and turned back to the battle. A moment later, a hot, prickling sensation ripped through him. The knots in his belly tightened violently. His eyes turned foggy and his muscles tensed. <gasps> he grabbed his sword and sprung into the air, launching onto the battlefield with a sudden, manic urgency. His sword swung, struck, chopped. His movements grew faster and faster. His blade became a deadly blur. Oyo heads rolled. He had 
to keep killing. Shango and Eshu watched in horror from the hill. Maybe I didn't think this through. No, no, it will be fine. How long do the effects of palm wine last? A while. Do not worry. I'll step in if it goes too far. Oh, please do. I've always wondered what the inside of Shango looked like. On the battlefield, Ogun couldn't think. He couldn't see. His body just moved, separate from his mind or his heart. He raged until he slew the last Oyo. But he couldn't stop. Passion ruled his body, greater than the forge, greater than anything he'd felt before. The air around him sparked. And then Ogun was done. He stood in the middle of the battlefield, breathing heavily. His clarity slowly returned, and he looked around in confusion. I... where is everyone? Eshu appeared beside Ogun. Oh, Olaun's mercy, you just... Uh... <clears throat> you... I killed them all! Yes, exactly! Ogun stood over the remains of his village. Hundreds of bodies lay in tatters around him. He looked at his sword, watching the blood drip from its blade. The blood of the people he had sworn to protect. The people that lay in pieces at his feet. He had done this. Everything he had feared had finally come to pass. A small group of Ifei survivors trembled together at the forest's edge. Ogun jammed his sword into the ground and fell to his knees with a moan. Eshu watched him. Well, you did want them to be scared of you. Shango appeared suddenly beside Ogun and grabbed the Iron God's arm. Ogun flinched, but Shango didn't look angry. His face was full of pity. Ogun, I did not wish it to come to this. I'm sorry. Sorry? Is this not what you wanted? Go ahead, take Ife. Punish me as you would. I deserve all your fury and more. I would, but there's barely any Fey left for me to take. There's something beautiful about the aftermath of war, don't you think? Everything feels delicate, precious especially after the most violent skirmishes. We still stand. So you take back what you said about ripping Ogun apart and shoving his iron... Yes! Yes, I take it back. Ogun, look around. There is destruction, yes, but there are survivors. The farmers who did not join the battle. The mothers and sisters whose loved ones will never return home. They need you more than ever. It is only a matter of time before I destroy them too. Olorun, where have you been? Watching. But I needed you. Like you, I'm a protector. And like you, I struggle with when to step in and when to let my children 
learn on their own. But look what I have done. I'm a murderer. Ogun, what is your purpose? To create the tools of men. And? Lead them to greatness and teach them respect and restraint for the power I've given. You have caused immense destruction, yes. But the Ife now understand. They respect the blade that could slay them. They won't go to war so easily. You have taught them the value of restraint. A beam of sunlight broke through the clouds above to illuminate Ogun's sword. The metal blade glinted and slowly began to sink into the ground. You do not have to run anymore. Your sword returns to the earth where it was made. And so can you. Ogun looked at the people of Ife. Their eyes were haunted. Bodies of their loved ones lay around their feet. His heart ached for them. He reached for the sword's hilt. As he touched it, his chest warmed and his fingers twitched. His belly churned, and very slowly, the sword sank deeper, pulling Ogun with it. The Earth's heat will destroy your body. But your spirit will remain in all that was made by your hand. Tell them. Tell them what you have given them. Ogun, tears in his eyes, looked out at Ife. He remembered seeing their faces for the first time when he'd felled the forest. He remembered building their homes, teaching them to hunt and cook. He'd destroyed so much but he'd created too. The iron you cook with, the trowels and shovels you farm with, the tools you build with, the weapons you hunt with, and yes, even the swords you slay with. I am iron, and so to all the livelihoods that use it now and forever, I am your Orisha. And before the people of Ife could respond, Ogun disappeared into the earth. He plummeted through the thick rock and into a fiery abyss. The rush of heat surrounded his body. The blistering scorch of the earth's core ruptured his skin. The coil in his belly melted from the heat. He'd returned to the forge, but he no longer needed to create or destroy. He'd given everything he had. He was at the end. Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drum speak of the cycle of life. With all birth comes death. With all creation comes destruction. Ogun returned to the Earth's center. But this time it was not to create. No, this time Ogun's body would melt away and only his soul would remain. It would live within the Earth 
feeding the metal that he had shaped so readily with his hands. And so every time a smith hammers his iron into something beautiful, or useful, or deadly, Ogun's spirit is there to guide them. Ogun looms large in Yoruba belief. He's the patron for all who work with iron, so his worshippers are expansive. Hunters, farmers, smiths, warriors, and more. The scholar Uluwafanke Adiola Adele of Akiti State University in Nigeria has discussed a more historical Ogun figure. According to this account, Ogun had a son named Daunsi. Daunsi was given the title Onire, meaning the owner of fortune. The future kings of Ife, called Onire, therefore claim ancestry with Ogun. Ogun, creator and destroyer, is full of dichotomies. He cleared the path to humanity and yet retreated from it. His iron helped life blossom with farming and building, but it also became the weapons that would cause death and destruction. These seemingly contradictory elements only make his story more potent for everyone who follows in his footsteps. Creation and destruction are an inevitable pairing, like life and death. Ogun represents the balance of creation, and we have reminders of his presence wherever we look. Iron is so prevalent in our daily lives, from the skillets we cook with to the electronics we rely on. Ogun's story encourages us to think on and embrace that contradiction. He reminds us to take a deep breath and take the good with the bad. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic fable. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Kai Jordan, and Julian Smith. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey, partners, it's Carter from Parcast. You've probably heard stories about outlaw Jesse James, sharpshooter Annie Oakley, and the horrors of the Donner Party. But how much of what you've heard is actually true? Find out on my new series, Wild Wild West, where I head out on the frontier to find the facts, learn the lore, and tackle the tallest of tales. 
follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Wild Wild West, every Thursday, free, and only on Spotify. <laughs>